Welcome to Bob's Last Marathon, where Lena Chow Kuhar shares her first-hand experiences and practical wisdom gained from caring for her husband, Bob, on their long, unmapped journey with Alzheimer's disease. Through her own insights, as well as those of other caregivers, advocates, and experts, Lena hopes to help you meet the challenges of Alzheimer's disease and give your loved ones the best quality of life possible. We're proud to welcome Felicia Greenfield, LCSW. Felicia is the executive director of the Penn Memory Center, where she leads a team of social workers and interns who provide psychoeducation and ongoing support for families caring for older adults. Felicia received an MSW from the University of Pennsylvania's School of Social Policy and Practice and has been caring for families at the Penn Memory Center since 2006. Finding ways to stay socially connected can be challenging at any age, but it may be especially difficult for people living with dementia. The person's cognitive impairment might make them feel uneasy in social situations. And negative stereotypes about people with dementia may cause friends to feel fearful or uncomfortable and fade out of the picture. Research shows that these hurdles are well worth surmounting. Meaningful social engagement has proven to be a key factor not only in maintaining brain health as we age, but also in slowing disease progression in people with dementia. Keeping the person living with dementia socially engaged can be a burden for the loved one who often carries the brunt of caregiving responsibilities and is already exhausted or overwhelmed by the emotional, physical, financial, and social strains of managing their loved one's care. And the dementia component of caregiving can be especially weighty. Compared with non-dementia caregivers, dementia caregivers have higher levels of depression and anxiety, take more medications, and are generally in worse physical health. Half of dementia caregivers report feeling caught in a vicious cycle. The stresses of care contribute to health problems that in turn compromise their ability to provide care. And one in four reports financial hardship due to the costs of care. In short, caregivers need a break. Fortunately, there are some excellent support programs available for people with dementia. Home care and adult day centers, for example, can be a great resource for social interaction. However, community programs are few and far between, and agencies for home care may be cost prohibitive because insurance coverage is scarce, non-existent, or exorbitant. Also, people in the early stages of dementia may only need social interaction not the high level and cost of more advanced care, such as day programs. To address these common issues, a program called Time Together was developed at the Penn Memory Center, where I'm the executive director. Time Together trains college students to provide companionship and socially engage with older adults living with dementia at a fraction of what an agency would charge. We conduct interviews to help make careful matches between students and older adults. The trained students visit their matches in their homes or online for up to 10 hours a week of conversation, games, 
other recreation, or going for a walk. Our evaluation of the program found several benefits of the Time Together model. The stimulation of connecting with people outside their typical social circle was in itself of value. Connecting with younger people with similar interests puts participants in a mentorship role, which helped give these interactions a gratifying sense of purpose. They looked forward to sessions as a meaningful way to fill gaps in the day, especially during the pandemic. Through interviews and focus groups, we got the sense that the relationships built through the program would have a lasting positive impact on everyone involved, the people living with dementia, their caregivers, and the students. Here are some of their stories. Please note that some of the names have been changed to protect their privacy. Christina's mother, Nancy, was diagnosed with primary progressive aphasia, which basically means she has difficulty with language or speech. Communicating through conversation is a frustrating challenge for her, and Christina often felt stuck. When asked about her mom's experience in time together, Christina was enthusiastic. She says Nancy looks forward to the weekly meeting with her student match, Isabel, who shares a similar ethnic background. Isabel, recognizing Nancy's difficulty speaking, reads to her and engages in storytelling activities. Their bond has been especially valuable during COVID, offering genuine connections through one-on-one interactions that otherwise would not have existed. Over the past year and a half, Nancy's communication abilities have continued to decline, but her relationship with Isabel has blossomed. They have an easy relationship, free from the biases and worry that family members may carry. The weekly meetings also give Christina a much needed break. Paula's husband, Stuart, has dementia. Since COVID, he's been meeting with his student match, Jessica, over Zoom. When they first began, Paula would delight in Stuart's attention to his appearance. Combing his hair and getting dressed up for the Zoom meeting signaled that he was engaged. It is now the highlight of his week. The two of them hit it off well from the start. Over time, he's become a mentor to Jessica, giving her advice on studies. Paula loves that the program gives her a reprieve from caregiving, but there are other personal benefits too. She also enjoys talking with Jessica, and it makes her feel especially good to see how much her husband enjoys himself. She noticed that it boosts his confidence because he feels like he's making a difference in Jessica's life. Wes is living with mild-stage Alzheimer's disease. He and his wife, Mary, have a home two hours from Philadelphia, so their student, Kate, has been meeting with them over Zoom. Mary says it's been a lifesaver. They have much in common with Kate. Both Mary and Wes had careers working with people living with a disability, and Kate is pursuing a master's in occupational therapy. Plus, Kate and Wes graduated from the same university and are both music lovers. Mary loves that the program opens opportunities for Wes to have meaningful interactions, and Wes says how much fun it is meeting with Kate. 
Another plus for Mary is that these social interactions happen in the comfort of their own home. The benefits of time together also extend to the students. They note how much they appreciate the way learning firsthand about dementia and dementia care helps inform their career paths. Sometimes it helps improve their listening skills and develop more patience. Time together is a working model for filling the gap when meaningful social engagement is hard to find. It can be replicated relatively easily by professionals or organizations that have access to colleges and universities. For the individual caregiver, time together might spark ideas for creating purposeful engagement for your loved one on your own. Just keep two things in mind. First, don't be afraid to ask the people in your social network for help. Friends and family often really want to help, but they just don't know how. Which brings me to the second point. Prepare for these meetings with simple activities that you can suggest the companion and your loved one do together. Take your cues from the stories I just told. Choose activities that are meaningful to your loved one and can be carried out by someone besides you. It can be as simple as enjoying a walk together or going out to lunch, or engaging in shared interests like listening to music, visiting a museum, and painting or coloring together. These can be fun and relaxing ways to spend an hour and be a backdrop for easy conversation. Meaningful time together can bring joy to both the person with dementia and the companion, as the Time Together program has shown. Time Together has been virtual through the Penn Memory Center since the pandemic began, but we are returning to an in-person model now. If you're in the Philadelphia area and are interested in participating, you can contact me at felicia.greenfield at penmedicine.upenn.edu. Thank you for listening to Bob's Last Marathon. Transcripts of today's show and other episodes and acknowledgments can be found at bobsmarathon.com. That's Bob's Marathon without an apostrophe. Send us a note with your comments. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We wish you and your loved ones good health. Good health.